And I used to always argue that maybe the smartest baseball fans were the ones that played fantasy baseball. Because when you played fantasy baseball, you had to know who everybody was. Otherwise, you weren't going to win your league. Whether you were playing for money or not was irrelevant. You still wanted to win. That was Mike Ciano, who oversees live streaming and on-demand at Major League Baseball. Today, we'll hear more about how he works to keep the game growing through technology. Hello, and welcome to Episode 54 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. This episode actually marks the two-year anniversary of this show. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Visit irishbaseball.org for more great content about Ireland, baseball, and so much more. Right now, let's welcome Mike Ciano. Thank you for being here, Mike. Hey, Rick, how are you? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I am doing excellent. I think the first thing I want to discuss is a rumor that's been floating around the Irish American Baseball Society, and that is that Sean Clancy, founder of the legendary Irish pub in New York, Foley's got that name from you. Sean swears by that. Is that true? You know, that's what he tells people in front of me. And I'm going to have to assume it's true. I don't exactly remember the moment, but the way he tells the story was um, for those who, you know, know Sean or don't know Sean, he used to work at a bar called Old Castle in Midtown. Uh, that's where I met him through uh, Duke Castiglione. Uh, of uh, New York One fame back in the day and now up, up in Boston and obviously Joe Castiglione's son. Duke lived down the block from Old Castle and invited me up to that bar one day uh, to meet his friend Sean and have a Guinness. I said, well, sounds terrific. Let's do it. So I got to meet Sean there. Uh, you know, Sean would later on uh, save up his pennies and go and buy Foley's. But when he bought Foley's, it wasn't named that yet. And actually, I don't even remember what it was called right before that. But I, I do remember him us sitting down at what, what ended up being Foley's and, you know, him saying, I got to come up with a name. I got I to gotta come up with a name. Well, at the time, Red Foley was alive and Red Foley was in the bar. <laughs> so I looked over at Red Foley, who's a legend. <laughs> and I, I think I was just like, you know, what about Foley's? You know, he was sitting right there. You know, and, and Foley's is an awfully Irish sounding uh, name. So it sounded pretty good for a pub. So I kind of remember that. But, you know, Sean swears by and he tells the story. And who might argue with the uh, the owner and proprietor of the uh, the great Foley's, with, you know, which I wish was still around. But, uh, you know, was the best place on earth when it was there. Absolutely. And you'd rather get credit for something <laughs> that maybe you didn't have as much to do with than to not be remembered at all. Right. Right, right. You know, and 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 sometimes you don't want to let the facts ruin a good story, right? Exactly, especially <laughs> the Irish. So right, exactly. you do some incredible things with MLB. You just, I think, officially changed titles, but you work a lot with the technical side of Major League Baseball and getting the word out about Major League Baseball. If you could talk a little bit about that, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. I'm kind of the person that's kind of stuck in, not and then by stuck, I mean a good way, in the middle of uh, the technology and the content, meaning, you know, I, I try to focus on getting the best stuff we have at MLB and, you know, highlights, uh, segments from MLB Network, original content, the best, you know, try to find the best way to get it out to the fans. And that's where the technology comes in because we're not a 
linear TV station that you just, you know, put on your TV and you sit there. You know, we're, we're on your phone. Uh, we're on your connected devices like Roku or, you know, we're on your laptop and everything. So I try to figure out a way working with our really smart people in the technology department and who, always, you know, build all of our stuff uh, with streaming and with on-demand video and then work with all the really smart people on the content side, especially at MLB Network, um, and bring it all together. So that that's probably the simplest way to describe is like I bring together the technology and the content and try to get it to as many people as possible because uh, I love baseball and I know a lot of people out there love baseball and I'm just trying to keep that going. I actually think what you do is a lot more important to the overall health of the game than a lot of people would realize. It is so important to keep getting these players out in front of people to keep baseball top of mind because sometimes I think baseball gets this reputation where people are fans of teams and the NBA gets people are fans of the players. Baseball sometimes has to try to fight to get the players out and get them into the zeitgeist you know, players like Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Jose Altuve, all of these incredible baseball players that we just want to get them out in front of society as a whole, get kids interested in Juan Soto the way that they are interested in LeBron James. And getting those highlights out there, finding the different social media platforms and the different, not just being a television channel, like you said, getting out that content can be so important to the growth of the game. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we're doing a really good job uh, of, of trying to do that. And, and, you know, sometimes as, you know, you're sitting around and you're, you're talking to your friends or uh, people you meet at a ball game and it sometimes you do hear, well, do you root for the front of the jersey or the back, Right. Um, and, and you're going to get different answers, um, you know, but you want it to be as national as possible. And you, you, you know, you nailed on the head. You want everybody to know Juan Soto. Uh, you don't just want people that were in Washington or now in San Diego to know who he is. So, you know, how do you do that? And I think, you know, you're right. Like one way is to, uh, you know, tell their stories or show whether it's showing how great they are on the field or, you know, through highlights and, and stuff like that, or, um, you know, how cool they are off the field through, you know, behind the scenes, getting the mic'd up, uh, original content. And I think that's some of the stuff we try to do. And one thing I really think, too, that's helped a lot with hopefully accomplishing that mission and keeping it going is uh, baseball cards. You know, with the resurgence of that of the hobby, I think we've found the way to hook all sorts of generations back into learning about everybody. And I used to always argue that maybe the smartest baseball fans were the ones that played fantasy baseball. Because when you played fantasy baseball, you had to know who everybody was. Otherwise, you weren't going to win your league. Whether you were playing for money or not was irrelevant. You still wanted to win. And I think now, you know, as fantasy has grown as an industry and we see, you know, how great that's been, you know, you have to find other ways. And so I think baseball cards has been a really big win for that. You see Tops is coming out with all this new stuff all the time. And they see a guy like Julio Rodriguez and they start to put out new cards of him. They see a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. They see a guy like Juan Soto. They still do, you know, Aaron Judge and 
uh, Paul Goldschmidt and all these MVPs and the older guys and Jake DeGrum. But I think, you know, Tops has been really smart and a great partner of ours to really latch on to, to young guys, these future stars who, you know, what's been great about guys like Julio and Bobby is they burst onto the scene there. And now all of a sudden they're, they're studs already. And I, I can't wait to see what these guys do because they had crazy years last year. And I hope people get to notice that because they're really good ball players, and it shouldn't matter that they play in Seattle or Kansas city. Ken Griffey jr. Played in Seattle. Ichiro played in Seattle. They were pretty popular if everybody remembers. So it shouldn't matter the market. If, if you're a superstar and, and, and especially if you have a, you know, an outgoing personality like Julio does and a Juan Soto does with all his, uh, funny antics at the plate i think that's uh, a great way to do it so we try to see all of these trends and bring them into the content so last year we we started a show about baseball cards um that you can find on mlb.tv and mlb.com we started uh, a show about uniforms called inside stitch uh that you can find places and we're getting them on more platforms so that to, you know to hit your point on the head everybody can start to really pay more attention to the back of the Jersey as much as the front, if that's what their preference is right now. Some of it's backwards, uh, not backwards the other way. Um, but if, you know, if you're a hyper local fan, yeah, I have, I have a friend who's a very big Yankee fan. He has no idea who anybody else is. It drives me nuts. I was like, you understand when, when the Yankees play a baseball game, they play somebody else. Right. I was like, you get that point. Don't you, <laughs> you know? So I'm with you. I want people to, to pay attention to the back of the jerseys. Uh, a lot. And and one other thing, Rick, that's really going to help, I think, too, is uh, us going to the um, the balanced schedule. Now everybody plays everybody. Um, so you don't have to wait three years to see Mike Trout come into your ballpark as or six years in some cases. You know, you're going to wait two. You know, your team, maybe you'll go to Anaheim and play the Angels this year. But next year, you'll get Trout in your place. So you can now introduce your family and yourself uh, and your friends uh, to these great guys instead of um, hoping to catch them some other way. You're going to get to see them in person a lot more. I think that's great. And I don't think it's always a matter of just rooting for the name on the back of the jersey. But, for example, when I was a kid growing up, I lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We were about equidistant from Baltimore and Philadelphia, but neither of them were less than an hour. It was about a two-hour drive to get to either ballpark. We might get a Sunday game on television, but we didn't get the games every night. So we didn't feel like we were a part of any real fan base. Now, this was a long time ago. Now we would definitely feel like we were in the Philly fan base if I still lived there. But as a kid, and I would collect the baseball cards, like you said, somehow my favorite player became Wade Boggs. And I became a Red Sox fan. Now, as I've grown up, I've become more of a fan of the game in general. But Mm -hmm. I was a pretty serious Red Sox fan because Wade Boggs was my favorite player. So that's how I developed a fandom for the front of the jersey was because of the back of the jersey starting off that trend. I think you can see that when you mention Griffey and Ichiro. Those were two players who definitely created a lot of Mariners fans who weren't from Seattle, maybe had never been to Seattle. I think we can see that a lot, like you've said, with Trout and Otani over in Anaheim. 
I think there are a lot of Angels fans. I now live in the Tampa Bay area going to a Rays game last year when they were playing against the Angels, and it's packed with people to see Otani mm -hmm. in Otani jerseys. They're going to be Angels fans, but that's how they were brought into the mix. So what you do is so important to growing this game because we want the younger generation to continue to feed into this game. It's such an important part of our organization and obviously your job, it's invaluable. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point. And I never really thought about that, uh, your Boggs example personally, but it's true. You know, I grew up a Yankee fan and, and, and still am. And, you know, Don Mattingly was my favorite player. And, you know, I think about it now, I, at the time, I didn't really care what the Yankees record was. You know, I cared about how, you know, I, I, I wanted them to win, but I, I wasn't like, oh, World Series or bust, right? That that wasn't a thing yet <laughs> um, with, with the Yankee uh, universe. That that wasn't really, it was with Steinbrenner, but it wasn't necessarily with the young fan base, me being, you know, just a, a kid. And I remember just, I couldn't wait every night. I could not wait to sit on the couch with my dad and for Mattingly to get up. But to your point, that really incubated my my fandom that when it got to 95, you know, 94 was 94, but, you know, they were really good. But, you know, we, we know what happened there. But 95, when they finally got him to the playoffs, and then, unfortunately, he leaves. But at that point, you know, I'm 20 years old, and I'm a rabid fan, and now they're really good. And I'm like, man, you know, I put my time in, and now – I don't have to hear my dad about how how many titles he's seen. <laughs> I'm gonna get my own, right? And then and then uh, my own, but you know what I mean. And I did that level of fandom. I think this is. I think your Wade Boggs story is really important. Like, I'm not sure. I'm I'm. Who knows if I'm at that level of fandom if it wasn't for Mattingly's name on the back, really attaching me to the franchise and and the name on the front. To then all of a sudden now there's this dynasty and I'm like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. But I, I never have that maybe that true connection um, that I had with it. If it wasn't for Manningly and all the guys that he played with when the, when the years were lean, you know, and they weren't that very good. So I, I think that's a really good point about how one really could lead to the other. I, I, didn't, I never really thought of it that way personally. You know, um, going, you know, us being sounds like we're pretty much the same age, but, you know, I just feel bad that my guy got the ring. I mean, I don't actually feel bad <laughs> about it, but he ended up getting that 96 ring and your guy was gone That's, by that point. But I know. Well, hey, you know, you can't win them all. And I, I loved Boggs. I was so happy when he when he came over. And I think that made it easier for Clemens to come over and, and everybody except Clemens. And and, you know, and he was so successful there. So. Um, we'll, we'll, Yankee fans will always be grateful to the, the chicken man. Make no mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so when looking at some of these technologies and the different ways to share highlights and to mm -hmm. try to get all of Major League Baseball out in front of the public, how do you know if something is just a flash in the pan technology or if it is worth putting in the investment to make sure major league baseball is out in front of that technology yeah i think we take it extremely seriously um as a company as a league always trying new things always trying to have the smartest people available to you know bring in the new ideas do all the testing i mean man that's where really it all comes down to that nobody ever sees or thinks about is the testing 
I'm making sure it works. If it doesn't work, well, then it doesn't matter how great the content is um, or how amazing the highlight is, right? Because you're not getting it to anybody. You know, I think we're really lucky, you know, to live where, when we do as far as the technology goes. I mean, you know, I just cut the cord on cable a couple of weeks ago. I never thought I would have done that, but I did. And now I'm a, you know, a YouTube TV user and I have a Roku and I have a Fire Stick and I have a PlayStation. I have all this crazy ways to watch content and 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 honestly to be able to move my baseball around, you know, to be able to watch MLB.tv and um uh and and the highlights and catch up on what I need to catch up on. So the technology is super important and um, I think you have to try. I think you have to fail, you know, to learn. I, I do. I, you know, I've been at baseball now for over 20 years. I can't tell you how many times I've lost count of how many times we failed trying something, but every failure has taught us how to succeed the next time. So, um, and it's just been, it's been a really great experience that way because we weren't afraid to fail and weren't afraid to try. And, you know, we can go on and on and on about what those things were. It's just, it's everything you see. Nothing works the first time perfectly. You know, you have to, you have to sometimes go with it and 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 hope. Uh, it, you know, hope you, you have a little bit more time to make it better in in the, you know, in real time and and while fans are enjoying it. But being able to share a video from our app and being able to, uh, you know, now watch. I think one great thing, Rick, and uh, again, this is something I learned very recently, maybe a year, year and a half ago. You when you think about streaming doesn't matter if it's a game, a highlight, whatever. You know, everybody's like, well, now everybody watches stuff on their phone, right? And they watch it on their small screen. That's kind of going the opposite way because of the the great things we're doing with connected devices like Roku and and Amazon and, and um, you know, and PlayStation and all these partners we have. And it's crazy how many we do that. Now I'm back to watching all of this stuff on a 60 inch screen, but it's through Wi-Fi. Right. It's not through a cable, a box. And now I have this really small remote for this really big TV um, and I'm, I'm in heaven. I can go to I can go to YouTube if I want. I can go to MLB.tv. I can go I can go do 100 things um, and still be watching baseball. And I think, you know, that that's what we've been focusing on is getting. And this is what you've been talking about this whole time, getting getting the good stuff to the fans any way we can getting going to the fans you know not not relying on them coming to us getting it to them getting them excited and then you know hoping that leads to them saying you know what i need to buy a ticket i need to go to a game tomorrow um i need to get to the, i need to get to yankee stadium i need to get to fenway i need to get to citizens bank park um and then hoping that you know once they're there they don't ever want they don't ever want to leave you know, <laughs> or they just want to keep coming back. I mean, that's just how it works. So I think that you, your point is dead on. You have to have um, the technology these days to deliver the content. Um, they're, you know, they need to work together. Otherwise, uh, you know, it gets a lot tougher. But, you know, I'm biased, but I also think we do a really good job at it. This is where we'll leave things off with Mike Ciano in this episode of the Irish Baseball Podcast. We'll continue the conversation in episode 55, which will debut on February 27th. I'm Rick Becker, and this is the Irish Baseball Podcast. <laughs>